0: You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Well, Merry Christmas. Joyeuse Noël, French for Happy Christmas. Glad you guys could be here on this wonderful Christmas season. It is Vestember. I, I noticed not many of you wearing your vests. I I mean, come on, with no shave November, uh, people were not shaving, and now it's it's Vestember. Okay. Okay, well, thank you, Lori. <laughs> uh, take your Bibles, if you will, and open up to Matthew chapter 1, verses. We're looking at verses uh, 18 to 25. By the way, mine is Mike McKay, one of the pastors here, and so excited about this Christmas season. Uh, I feel like it gets started every year in different ways, you know, breaking out the Christmas ornaments and the lights. that. We haven't quite decorated our house yet. It's going to happen this week because we have our neighborhood party on Sunday, so we have to be ready. <laughs> but one thing for me that made it this season was uh, um, Christy and I had the opportunity last night to go to a great church service. It was amazing and incredible. Uh, singing and, and about the Christmas story, and and it was a uh, you know, beautiful lights and and uh, the reading of that the Christmas story, the, the singing of the Hallelujah chorus, and and it was in the most unusual place you'd ever think of. It was right in downtown uh, or in D- Main Street Disney, and they had the candlelight. Candle lighting service there is beautiful, and, and I love the fact that here I am in Disneyland, and Christ is being cro- proclaimed. It's amazing. It's incredible. So appreciate that, and what, what a fun opportunity. But you know, uh, the holiday season is a, lot, is a lot about lights, and we're going to be looking at that this morning. But if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, our ushers have a, some Bibles in their hands, and they are walking down the aisle. If you want to borrow one, just wave at them, and it's always good to learn how to kind of walk through your your Bible and that, get used to looking at that. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, we'd like to give you one. At the end of the service, just go to the lobby and say, how like a Bible? The only thing we ask is that you read it and you don't take it as, as your Christmas gift to somebody else. <laughs> it's not free Bibles for that. It's, it's one for you. Uh, take your worship folder. Also open it up to the notes page. Take that out. There's some blanks to fill in and uh, the answers will be up on the screen. But also if you, want the, if you can't quite remember that and you grab the uh, small group page, it also has the answers to the fill in the blanks on it so you can have that later on. I encourage you to get that. That'll be a wonderful opportunity for you. And if you didn't turn in your prayer request now, turn it in later. We'd love to pray for you as well. But you know, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit obsessed with flashlights. Uh, this is a, a part of, of my collection. Uh, I just, I, I love these little things. You know, they, uh, you can read by them and, and they're, they're fun. Sometimes they're really powerful. Is that yeah, blind. You. They're great, um, but I, I just I love. Uh, to me, they're the they're the the perfect gift to receive and the perfect gift to get uh, to to give. Uh, um, flashlights uh, for me are most desirable because I really don't like the dark. <laughs> I, I want to see. Plus. Uh, uh, you know, I just love light. I love the, the creative things that we do with light, and that's why Christmas to me is is so much fun. I mean, obviously, Jesus is that the main, main part of that, but the light that comes in those, and I love to go taking drives and, and walk along Naples to see the, the light displays that are here, and it's all beautiful. And But sometimes, you know, you pick up one of these flashlights, and you're not quite sure how to turn the thing on. And I know that, like, this little thing, this is the cool thing that kind of grabs a hold of things, and it's like a little bug. But for a while, I didn't figure it out. I had to kind of learn you hold it down, and then I can use that, and it's really kind of neat. And, and this one's a little, oops, sorry. This little grabber thing. It has a little light on the end of that. Isn't that cool? I didn't realize that at first. I, I didn't know it was lighting it up, but now, now i figured that out. And some of the ones are just difficult to figure out, but it's important to know if you have a flashlight how to flip the thing on, isn't it? <laughs> I was out walking with Christy, and, and we're, we walk in the early morning and so uh, with our dog, and so we kind of needed to see to pick things up. So I had my flashlight on my phone. It took me about a half an hour to try to figure out, where is that app to turn the flashlight on? I couldn't just flip it on like a flashlight. But uh, see, uh, I need flashlights because it's not always light. And and a good light pushes back the darkness. What what good is a weak flashlight? But a good light pushes back the darkness. and, And in life, we need some good lights as well because darkness happens. Domestic violence, hate crimes, human trafficking, sickness, Ebola, ISIS, war, floods, droughts, severe weather, crimes, people doing hurtful things, us doing harmful things to ourselves, relationship issues, blurred lines about what is right and what is not, the watering down of the absolutes, not listening to God, and the deeds of darkness seems to eclipse all life, and life gets eerie, doesn't it? But God has given us a great light of truth. John eight twelve. Again, Jesus spoke and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is that always ready, fully charged light that we can just simply flip on <laughs> and it's there and use it for his uh, light, lighting up through life. Light's important that way. We use that to, to uh, get through the darkness of life. Jesus is that always ready, fully charged light that illuminates with love, that shines with grace, that brightens with truth, even in the darkest times. That's what Joseph experienced. Joseph of the Bible story of Mary and Joseph, the mother and stepfather of Jesus, as an apparent gloomy shadow appeared in his life. If there was ever a time he needed the light of truth, it was a deal with the confusion of the difficult circumstances his life had just entered. You ever feel that way? Confused because the situation doesn't seem to change or wasn't what you hoped it to be? Another difficulty hits you right in the face, you weren't expecting. The consequences of the mistakes you made were far worse than you could ever imagine. Help seemed slow to come or are not really existent at all. And the path that we're on seems more difficult to see, to see through the encroaching darkness. Uh, Last week, Pastor Justin talked that there is hope in dark times. What we need to do is just figure out how to flip on the light. (laughs) How do we flip on that light of truth? How do we we go about and, and get that illuminating reality so that we can make it through life? Well, Joseph did two clear actions where he flipped on the light to receive hope, and we can too. It's found right here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. And so I want for us to discover together, and instead of groping around in the darkness of life, to, to let's flip on the light of Jesus and receive the hope in the illumination of truth. And so let's look into that. But before I do, would you mind standing with me? Put your books aside for a second. Stand with me, and let's pray. Ask God to encourage us this morning as we look into his truth. Father, thank you for the illuminating reality of who you are and how that brightens the path so that we can see through the darkness of life. And God, I'm praying that this morning you will challenge us. Challenge us with where we are in that. How we've flipped on the light of you in our life. What if ever there was a time to concentrate on the illuminating truth of you it's now Christmas time help us Lord teach us something from your word this morning we pray in your son's name amen have a seat and encourage you to keep those notes handy jot down some things you always learn more when you write down some notes and I'll be encouraging for you but let's understand a little bit of Joseph's murky dark circumstances as we look at this passage in Matthew chapter 1 let me read verses 18 and 19 for you and and walk us through that little bit it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betr- had been betrothed to Joseph, now betrothed is, is a, a, like an engagement, but far more than what we would consider engaged. It was, they were basically legally married, but they didn't live in the same house. They hadn't celebrated a honeymoon, but they were... Uh, Arranged to be with other, they were um, uh, uh, promised to each other, and the only way you could break that betrothal was through actual divorce. You had to go before the judges at that time, and you had to get a, a dismissal on divorce, and it was rarely accepted. And yet, here it is: Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they had consummated the marriage. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. I'm not sure exactly what Joseph was thinking, but I I could imagine that he was a bit frustrated with the situation. Here he had looked forward to uh, uh, this uh, beautiful Mary who uh, he had eyed and, and, and realized that he had been, whether it was a arranged marriage or whether he chose her, it irregardless, he was looking forward to a life with her, to raising many children and to uh, having him have an exclusive, uh, close relationship where though they may not have started with love, love would sur- surely follow. They had read this the Song of Solomon and understood that a marriage relationship could have deep, passionate, wonderful love in it they, they, they understood that that God had put them together, whom God has joined together, let no man separate that the two would become one, and he was looking so forward to that, and all of a sudden she 's found to be pregnant. He was devastated. How could she betray this this trust of already being betrothed in marriage confusion? Uh, must have been inner struggle, shattered his dreams, disbelief, frustration. Well, God showed up and offered Joseph some illuminating truth. It was then he had to choose to flip on the light of that truth or not, a choice we have as well. Joseph chose to flip on the light, to flip on the light of truth two ways. He chose to believe Jesus saves and to make Emmanuel enough, and so can we. So let's unpack these choices and and get deeper into this part of the Christmas story. Uh, Let's first look at the choice to truly believe Jesus saves. Now, Mary was found to be pregnant, so Joseph, a a good, godly man, it says he was a, a just and righteous man. In other words, he was seeking to know God more and seeking to live life God's way as best as he could, he had studied the scriptures. He had, he had prayed much and believed much about God and sought to, to live life as best as he could according to what he knew was right. And of course, he was devastated. But being righteous, trying to live out God's character, he did not react in spite. Or did he seek revenge? Or did he let hurt lead him? He did not drag her into court or have her publicly humiliated. Out of love and grace that he had learned from God, he sought to end the marriage quietly. For obviously, Mary was not the virtuous woman that she had seemed to be. But Joseph did not yet know the light of truth. The darkness of confusion was forcing his hand. You ever feel that way? (laughs) Though these plans thinking they would work out, they didn't. You thought this relationship would always be great, but it wasn't. Put hope in that great job to find out it only is frustrating and confusing. The reality of life is we do face darkness, darkness of our hurts, the, the hurts people cause towards us and those that we just walk into there's darkness there. The darkness in our own hangups. We live in a sin-filled world and, and, and it, it, it messes us up and we develop hang-ups and the darkness seems to re- loom around us and we have our own bad habits where we just bring on the darkness in our own life. And left alone, without any illuminating truth, we will continue to compound the problem like Joseph was to divorce Mary. You know, living in a sin-filled world does that we continue to to struggle and we make worse decisions and make and it becomes worse and and yet what we need to do is we need to believe in jesus to listen to the to the bright light of the truth of the gospel listen as the truth was illuminated for joseph verse 20 of our text but as he as he that's joseph considered these things divorcing mary Getting out of this relationship, the frustration he felt. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus or Yeshua. Yeshua uh, means Yahweh is salvation. For the people, for he will save his people from their sins. This child that is in Mary is the savior. Now, now Joseph had known about this Messiah. He had read Isaiah. He had understood the promise of Messiah coming and and people had been praying for him constantly to come and to save them. And, And now this angel is saying, the Messiah is here, it's in your betrothed wife. But he's thinking, wait, what? Mary did not mess around with some other guy? God and then the Holy Spirit just somehow zapped it into her? And all these thoughts of disbelief going through Joseph's head, this had never happened before. He knew God can do miracles, but, but this? Way out of Joseph's comfort zone. And so Joseph was left with a choice, to believe or not in this revelation. That this is from God and this child will be the Savior. He was challenged to believe Jesus saves and that's where we all can be. Do we really believe? Some are, are where this um, uh, claimed atheist was uh, when we talked a while back. We had sat down and, and were discussing the things of life and, and and he was being honest with me and saying, you know, Mike, I just... I just can't believe because there are too many scientific unanswered questions. And I said, you know what, I agree with you. There are many unanswered questions. But that's why it's called faith. (laughs) It's belief in the things we don't get. We don't understand and yet, even science leads to a belief in an intelligent designer. Just think about that for a second, the tilt of the earth on its axis. If it is off just one minute degree, we would either freeze or fry. It is impossible for all of this simply just to, in a big bang, wham, for everything to be exactly in the right place. <laughs> and never waver. I mean, I even think, and I've mentioned this before, of, the, of our own, uh, our human body and our own enzymatic makeup. You know, you, you're, you're a body full of enzymes. And those enzymes are perfectly balanced and perfectly created to allow the organs and the systems in your body to work, for your heart to pump and the circulatory system, for your nervous system to to work, for your brain to function, for your lungs and your your, uh, kidneys and liver, all of that to function. Those enzymes need to be perfectly balanced. And for all of those to simply evolve from some slimy ooze is mathematically impossible to happen. There is no way possible that all of that through the uh, eons and eons of evolution, could it ever happen? And yet it does, because there was a creator who designed it. Uh, the, uh, it it's, just, it's just amazing in that way that God does that. even, even the, the building blocks of our existence, atoms, should not stay together. Their bonds in that, they just don't stay together. It shouldn't happen, and yet they do because if you read in Colossians about Jesus, he's the great holder together of everything. (laughs) He holds that all together. And and, and it all uh, screams out that there was an intelligent designer. And people are faced with that choice to believe or not. See, we can also limit our belief to say that If it makes me happy, then I will believe. But if it's difficult or uncomfortable or not about me, then that's where we can draw the line. And the reality is many of us do that. They they see faith and belief in God as some kind of merit system that if I kind of do this checkbox and this checkbox and this checkbox and this checkbox, then I receive this. (laughs) And we think that that's faith. Or we actually think that faith is some kind of vending machine, you know, that we kind of do some. I'm going to donate this, and I'm going to give some good service, and put that in a slot of the vending machine, and put this in there, and I'm going to push the buttons, and whoa, out comes whatever I want. And we and we look at faith like that, like it's some kind of uh, cosmic vending machine. Now, what faith is meant to be is a choice to place our trust in Jesus and the truth of what has been revealed about Him—that He is Savior. Lord, creator, God, and that life is now to be lived his way for his glory, not ours. Now, some may say, well, yeah, sure. If I had an angel appear to me in a dream and tell me about this Jesus, uh, then I would believe. But you have something far greater. You have a whole Bible that tells you all of the history of of Christ. It all points to him, 66 amazing books, all put together talk all about Jesus and who he is and what he's like and how we should live. And not only that, He has given us his Holy Spirit to help us understand this book. You have way more than Joseph did. So what's holding you back from this journey of faith? Look at what Joseph did. Verse 24. Jump to verse 24. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife. He took action. That's belief. See, belief is not some brain knowledge saying, "Mm, okay, I get it. (laughs) No, belief says, I'm going to trust this and I'm gonna actually move forward in life understanding this truth. That's belief. You see, the Bible says even the angels believe. What do you mean? But they don't take action. Their faith is not a saving faith. In our faith, the saving faith is when we actually take action. He got the gospel. He understood that we're sinful, that man is sinful. And the Bible is clear about that. He understood from the writings of old that, that our iniquities have separated us from God. He got that, and he knew that he needed a savior. And now he's revealed that Jesus is it. And so he believed in that. He took action upon this, saying, I'm gonna say that I can't earn my way of, through salvation. There's nothing I can do to earn it, and you can't. But now I'm gonna put all of my eggs in one basket, <laughs> and say that Jesus is it because that's what the Bible teaches and now I'm gonna live life as best I can God's way. That's the gospel and that's what Joseph got. It's not just a check off box or a vending machine. It's a a transformation of life and that's where some of us need to move. I'm sure that some of you know that um, we had a, a baby in our family (laughs) <laughs> little baby Moses uh, 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 Steve Ellis was just saying isn't it odd that Moses is born the day that the movie The Exodus comes out <laughs> I don't think there's any correlation but it's just kind of fun <laughs> but uh, Moses, is, Jessica and Jericho uh, my daughter and, and son-in-law had baby Moses and this baby is transforming their life here they were, just a, a, a young couple living life and, and going through life, and now all of a sudden, everything has changed. Everything has changed. <laughs> and uh, it's fun to watch. Um, <laughs> because I remember the day when, when our first daughter, Jamie, came into our life. I, thought, I, I even said to one of my friends, I'm not gonna change at all. This baby's not gonna have any influence on me. I'm gonna go about doing the same things that I always says. Wrong. <laughs> This child, because of the love that I had for her and and my kids and the love that they have for little baby Moses, it's gonna transform their life. They won't do things the same. Things will be different. But that's exactly the way it is when we bring the baby Jesus or really the Jesus, our Lord, into our life. It should transform us. The way that we love him so incredibly ought to change how we live life. It ought to make that transformation of us and we should go through that. And maybe it's time to really believe. Maybe it's time to really commit. Maybe it's time to really let Jesus transform your life and not be that vending machine that you think that you have or that checkoff box to hopefully get what you want, but to let Christ transform you and change you and that love that you have for him mold and shape you. As I talk to people in, in faith and, and notice uh, where they're at that's where it is will they really be transformed by Christ you want to make Christmas amazing this year let Christ transform you let him change everything about you because we were designed to have that close personal relationship with him it takes a step Step towards first coming to that faith and belief in him, where you acknowledge that you're sinful and, and need a savior and, and believe, and then it takes every day committing your life to him and saying, I want to live for you and to adore him like you would a little child and to know him more, and he will transform you. If you are searching and, and want to know more how to come to that faith in Jesus, uh, th- that's why every every Christmas season we present these packets inside there there's a letter I've written that explains how to come to faith and and start that relationship with Jesus there's also a booklet written by a a journalist who talks about how his discovery and found Jesus and there's other other tracks and materials in there and if you're searching uh, there's some packets up front here there's also uh, some ushers will be in the lobby area pick one of these up if you know the Lord you don't need this packet but uh, and don't take this for somebody else just if you're interested in that you take that And those of you who just need to be transformed and and let that, take this moment when we have communion and, and commit your life again to the Lord and start with that. Jesus saves, he saves us from sin, sin that keeps us out of heaven, but also sin that holds us back from being fully committed to him. When we flip on the light of full belief, we experience the deep joy, peace, and love of the Lord. Joseph believed Jesus saves. He flipped on the illuminating truth and it made all the difference in the world will you flip on that light? Not only did Jesus believe, but he also chose to make Emmanuel enough. Look at verses 22 and 23 of our text. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, prophet Isaiah, is it here? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall name his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This will be no ordinary child but God, God with us. The promised one, as Isaiah, the prophet spoke in Isaiah chapter eight and chapter nine, and we just read that this morning uh, in our reading that as Isaiah nine, six to seven says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and evermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. See, this child is God himself. And not just residing in heaven, but now in us and with us, among us, revealing that the Lord is enough. I've been studying these last couple of weeks and just soaking in this, this verse, uh, Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 to 24. Uh, if you received my email, you, you saw some, uh, some thoughts on that. And I encourage you, if you don't get that email, write a note to me saying, hey, I'd like to be on the email list and, and you'll be encouraged by that. But uh, Lamentations three, 22 and 24, it's a, it's a very familiar hymn. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. That's all again. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Psalm 73, 26 uh, condenses that down and says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Uh, That Hebrew word, my portion, uh, is another way to say the Lord is enough. The Lord is sufficient to fill the deep needs of life, of love, of significance, of peace, of joy, and more. And Jesus is ample. He is plenty. He is adequate. So I don't need that relationship, that accomplishment, that award, that, that position to meet those deep needs. See, too much, we uh, do the if onlys. If only I had enough money, if only I had no problems, if only I had a different spouse, if only I had different kids, Uh, no kids, some kids, better kids, a better job, win the lotto, a better church, a better pastor, better musicians, a perfect Christmas, if only. But why? If only what? Then what? What would you really gain from that? Well, I... What would you accomplish? Well, I would get what I want. (laughs) But want is never satisfied. Want is not one of those deep needs. Yet when the light of truth is flipped on, that Jesus is enough, there is an amazing peace that calms the stress of trying to achieve the if-onlys. Now, we still... Strive and expend energy, but now it's to know Jesus more and to live life His way. For when Jesus and for when I get to Jesus enough, I don't strive to be a good husband so I get something from Christy. I strive to be a good husband because that's my calling. That's what God has called me to do, and I do it for His glory. Because when I love her perfectly, I, I'm being loved by God perfectly, and just it's oozing out of that. Same thing as, a, as being a, a father to my kids or a papa to my grandson. I, I don't do it to get something from them, but because that's what God has called me to do. That's the relationships he's given me. I strive to be a, a better pastor, not so that you'll like me. I strive to be a better pastor because that's what brings God glory. And you're the same way. God has given you gifts and abilities and relationships, not so that you get something, but so that you have the opportunity to live out what God has called you to do. He gave you those abilities for a reason. Uh, At work, so that you would do well for your company, so that you would uh, be a bright light in that place of your community, in your workplace. And you're receiving from Christ, not from these other things, because Jesus is enough. Joseph got it. He, He flipped on the light of truth of Emmanuel is enough, Verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke up, he did as the, Lord, as, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to his son and called his name Jesus. He accepted the truth. He acted upon it by holding off on his honeymoon, his intimacy, for probably about a year because Jesus is enough. Jesus meets the deeper needs that bring even greater satisfaction. What we need to do is trust in him. Ask yourself why you strive so hard. Is there some deeper need you're trying to fill? I love what Psalm 46.10 says, quit striving and know that I am God. Quit striving and know that God says I am enough. Is there a reason for that Continue striving, release that tension by saying, Jesus is enough. Shift your energies to glorify Him. Don't 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 just strive this Christmas to, to get all those presents so that people will like you. Strive to do a good job because you just simply want to bless people. The same way with grades or, or, or efforts at work. Do your best because that's what God asks you to do, not so that what you receive. Joseph made Emmanuel enough. He flipped on the illuminating truth and made it made all the difference in the world. The question is, will you flip on that light? We need light. (laughs) We need the light of truth. Just like a a fully charged (laughs) flashlight in your hand, ready to be used to lighten up the darkness, Jesus can be that for us. Will you flip on that light that Jesus saves? and make Emmanuel enough. Let that illuminating truth give you hope. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for the the great truth that your light shines uh, even in the darkest of of times. Lord, that you uh, can help us in the confusion of life and walk us through the things that we need. And, And Lord, I pray that you would impress upon us time and time again about the hope that we can have in listening to the light and leaning into the light and turning on that illuminating truth of who you are. Help us this Christmas that way, we pray. In your son's name.